We actually practice being one and we have infinity in which to play. Imagine an infinite play box. And that's what excites me because when they say you are creators, they literally mean that you, we have all of eternity or the eternal now to create in every dimension we can conceive of and delight in, in what we create. And we, we, we do it out of harmony, not out of uh, desperation or need or, or any other reason. So yeah, it, it sounds like a real, like a real cliche, but you know, how's what we got working for us is there's so many people who are not happy with what there is here. So we might as well visualize something that, that works at the very basis of you start with human relationships, you know, imagine all of us getting along. You got to accentuate the positive. Wow! I feel good. A little bit of feel good goes a long way. You're listening to Karen Swain, teacher of deliberate creation, accentuating the positive, showing you a way to a better life. Accentuating the positive, it's not just bad, it's sanity. Who in their right mind would accentuate anything else? Hello and welcome to another show, Accentuating the Positive with Karen Swain. As always, wonderful to be here chatting to you all again and as I say every day on the show please remember to like subscribe share the shows and all that good stuff and also I have an affiliate link for all the books that I promote on the show on my websites I always forget people to use affiliate link I've never made any money out of it but if you do feel to buy the books you can always do it on the affiliate link on the website well, I have a wonderful man to introduce you to today. His name is Costa Macris. Welcome, Costa. Welcome, Karen. It's nice to meet you finally face to face. I know. And Kevin Briggs, who I've had on the show quite a few times, insisted that I connect with you. You've got to have Costa on your show. You've got to have Costa on your show. Oh, and I thank had, you, Kevin. <laughs> thank you, Kevin. Oh, we love Kevin. And I had seen your work and I and I thought, yeah, absolutely. I have to have Costa on the show because since I did the High Self Expo, which was an online expo with Zane Daniels and quite a few other co-hosts around the world, I've been focusing on, so that was a few weeks ago, I've been focusing on the galactic conversation and you're a big part of that galactic conversation yeah i like to think so i've spent uh, the last let's see 15 years inserting myself doing what i can with it ever since i had my very first uh you might say galactic encounter with a small starship in the company of um, quite a few other people and boy that was a change of course it opened me up and made me want to uh become part of the greater heavens i mean i already was a part of all that it's a matter of awareness so i realized that there's a whole other there's a whole slew other of civilizations visiting here and i wanted to converse with them as you say uh call it a galactic conversation i like that i'm gonna steal it thank you you're gonna steal phrase. that oh, darling, yes. we, we all have to live our human lives so but let me tell people that don't know about costa and haven't seen the work that he's doing i've got his bio here and this will give you a little clue about what costa's up to costa macris is the founder of et let's talk the et let's talk community the people's disclosure movement the people's love alliance and the Global CE5 Initiative, just to name a few. 
Costa is an international networker and creative artist working towards harmonious relations between all life forms in the cosmos. Born in Indiana in 53, Costa has been dedicated to spiritual activities since he was a teenager. He earned a BA in computer science from Indiana University in 77, which led to a successful four-decade software consulting career in Silicon Valley. As a young man, Costa became fascinated with the mysteries of the universe, teaching himself astrology, meditation, astronomy, and reading many books on UFOs and comparative religions, science fiction, spirituality, Atlantis, and other metaphysical topics. Today, his passion and mission is his website, etletstalk.com, and the community attached to it where people learn how to make human initiative, initiated interactive contact with the Star Nation people. Costa also founded and facilitates the People's Disclosure Movement, which boasts around six 650,000 plus members in over 100 countries across the, across the globe. It is the largest, most widespread movement of its kind, bypassing governments and authoritarian power structures, empowering everyday people to interact directly with the star nation beings to co-create a positive future for planet Earth. Costa believes we are living in a unique, challenging and wonderful point in human history as we transition to a new mode of enlightenment and spiritual living where peace will reign on earth as we connect with other life forms throughout the cosmos. Only doing a couple of things, darling one. <laughs> <laughs> that was so thorough. Thank you very much, Karen. Um, I actually sound like an interesting person. I might want to meet myself someday and have a chat over some tea or something. But Costa, mate, Costa. You said that and with such enthusiasm. It's like, hey, yeah, who is this guy? You know, thank you. I'm getting, I'm getting good at reading bios out. I've done a few. I've been... Yeah, I know. When I do interviews, you, you, you want to sound like you're, you're speaking it and enunciating and all that, but yet, you know, you're reading it. So you don't want to sound like you're reading it. You, you right. did just fine. That was, um, that was now, one, one for the record books. I love that you were this fascinated, this kid, you know, this, this kid fascinated in sci-fi and all the mysteries of the world. But then you went on to lead a very normal human life. As I said, we all have to have our human lives. And then something happened to like reawaken the passion in you. So let's hear about what happened. Yeah. And as you mentioned, I had a conventional life. The, the thing that set me up, though, was around the age of 10, in addition to my interest in, in astronomy with a telescope and science fiction and in the NASA moonshots of the time, because this was the early 60s and the 70s. And so I'm a I'm a creature. I'm a child of those times. So my eyes were always on the stars. But uh, as you said, I uh, led a very conventional life, came out to the West Coast here in, in San, the San Francisco Bay Area, uh, married, had children, divorced, got remarried. And then in 2006, uh, it changed because the, uh, the UFO books I had read as a, as a child and had kind of put aside, even though they, I had been smitten by, uh, by what had been shown in the photographs because these were produced by the contactee movement of the, the 40s and the 50s and the 60s. Um, and yet I had set them aside, like you said, and led a conventional life. But in 2006, I got on the internet and I discovered that there were people making uh, human-initiated contact with UFOs. And this 
opened me up and I wanted to go join a group of people like that and learn uh, what is called uh, the protocol for close encounters of the fifth kind, CE5, uh, using consciousness, meditation, coherent thought uh, by yourself or with a group. And in that way, connecting telepathically and in lots of other ways I found out with uh, many of the star nations that, that are visiting the planet. So in 2006, during a week's time, I had three different experiences that were up close and personal, you know, they were not someone else's story, even people that I trusted, who I knew uh, during the course of my life, had had close encounters with with craft that flew over their their cars, and, uh, and, and other things like that. So, so that I believe them. But I like to say that until you have your own experience, you will transform from being a believer into a knower. And that is a whole nother game when you become that knower. And so during that week that I mentioned, I had three, uh, three knower experiences that changed the course of my life and uh, led to me wanting to teach other people how to do what I had just been taught. Because I like to say I, I'm nobody special in terms of I'm an everyday person who just has this fascinating interest, but I'm not the only one. And if I could learn how to make the contact that uh, led to these amazing encounters, then I knew that other people could. And having been um, an activist in my youth, uh, spiritual, political, there's another word there I forgot, but I'd been an activist and an organizer. So it was really natural for me after having my own um, experiences to start organizing people on the internet to teach them how to make their own contact and to create a community so they could share their stories and kind of come out of the ET closet because so many people over many years had uh, not felt comfortable relating the experiences of, of contacts that, that they had had. Believe me, then there are millions of people as I began to discover getting on the internet and talking to folks who were just happy to find a community where they could openly share their stories and learn from other people and finally kind of, like I said, come out of the ET closet, get it off their chest and understand that they're not crazy anymore and they're not being uh, the black sheep in a family or unable to talk to a partner or a colleague or a coworker. But suddenly there's this community and that's what I've been building for the last 15 years that you were talking about there, the, the, the ET Let's Talk community, which is part of the People's Disclosure Movement, which we did another count and actually we're up to a million people now or more. That's a million all over the planet who are interested and working on the people's disclosure. And I can talk more about that in detail as, as we go on, why that movement, this movement is so very special at this time. Wow, yeah. So that's the long story about why I got on this road. I had my own experience. And like I say, when, when you have your own experience and you internalize it, you either want to get on a rooftop and shout it to everybody. Yeah. Or if you have to, you have you bury it because it's not safe in some manner to, to speak up. Or you want to find one-on-one -on -one a group of people that you can start sharing with. Yeah, and so yeah. the Let's Talk community is that group of friends all over the planet now who are doing that kind of sharing. That you can share it with. Yeah, I, I want to hear about your, you know, we want to hear about your experiences. But is the is it connected in any way to Stephen Greer? Because he's got the same sort of initiative going on. Are you connected in any way to Stephen? 
Um, I once worked with him for, for a few years, uh, many years ago, yeah. but I formed ET Let's Talk um, uh, on my own in, in 2012. So we're an independent organization, not connected with him um, at all. Uh, however, he and so many others have created their own networks yeah. of contact. So the, the large umbrella that we call CE5, Close Encounters of the Fifth Kind, all that really means is it's human-initiated interactive contact where you talk back and forth or communicate in some other way. And there are different ways to get to it. Uh, I publish a set of protocols, uh, uh, seven steps on my website that uh, people can follow. And yet other people in other networks also will take those seven steps or have some of their own and they will customize things. Yeah. So there are many groups and many networks within networks across the planet who are making this contact what I like to say that, Karen, at the core of it um, is if you have an open heart, an open mind, um, loving intentions, peace and goodwill towards our visitors, that's what raises your, your vibration. It's about the love. Mm. And the ones that you want to contact are, are advanced enough. They will detect your high vibrations, your frequency, Absolutely. your love, and they will be able to meet you and interact with you in a lot of ways. It's been put in a separate category, like, oh, you have to do this protocol in order to contact ET. But really, it's the same protocol as any spiritual awakening or spiritual ascension or just human evolution. It's just tuning into the vibration of your heart, getting rid of your negative thought forms and raising your vibration. And then once you do that, you've got access to anything. You've got access to anything. You've got access to the spirit guides, to the cosmos, to the ascended masters, to the ETs. But we have to you know, get out of the density of human fear in order to really mm -hmm. access their vibration because they vibe at a higher vibe. Yep. Let's get into your contact experience. Like what happened? All right. Uh, during that week, um, and this was in Mount Shasta, which is in Northern California, uh, about a four hour drive from the San Francisco Bay area. Uh, when I discovered that there was a group up there that was meeting physically and getting together in meditation to do this new CE5 thing that most of us had never heard of and making contact because of my background in science fiction as a kid and being interested in astronomy, I thought, oh, man, I want to be a part of this. I, I want to see some UFOs and meet some some star people and all that. But interestingly enough, I also went with fear because uh, the Hollywood movies that uh, sadly continue to be made and had been made were always uh, about uh, threat and attack, invasion. And so part of me, you know, they had grabbed my reptilian brain back there. So and I'm not the only one. I hear this a lot. There's that fear like, oh, God, what's really out there? Will they will they eat me? Will they beat me up? Will they abduct me and take me somewhere and I'm never to be seen again, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So I went with a little bit of that. But I talked to my wife about it, who's a very uh, uh, reasonable person. And she said, you know, go and have fun. Um, and I said, why don't you come with me? She said, well, I can't. I have a couple of businesses to run. Um, I believe they're out there. This is a huge universe. And yes, I believe they're here but I don't see what it has to do, what they have to do with my everyday life. I got bills to pay and clients and things like that. So I went for those days. And that's by way, I'm mentioning all this by way of setting up what happened um, in, the, in the three, in the different experiences. 
for one thing, um, I was talking to her, to my wife every morning and in a very excited way, I was telling her what had happened the night before, because we were learning how to make contact. We were learning how to identify what are the satellites, what are the planes, what are the stars and planets, and, and eliminate them because we were looking for the anomalies, the zigzagging lights, the ones that pulsed up that as we as we pointed at them and answered us, we were getting those effects. And I was talking to my wife, Hollis, every morning and telling her about the previous night, really excited, you know, like a fifth grader. Along about, I think maybe the fourth or fifth morning, just as I was starting to tell her, you know, what, what had happened the night before, she says, stop, uh, there's something I want to tell you. And I go to myself, <laughs> what could be more exciting than what I saw, but go ahead. Oh boy. <laughs> um, long story short, here at our home, um, she had just gone to bed, turned out the lights in the bedroom. Now you have to understand my wife is a professional clairvoyant. She has internal clairvoyant sight, but not external. And what I'm about to describe really was seen with her physical eyes. And she also has good night vision. So she didn't need a light, just eyes like a bat. So she's getting ready to scooch down, like she puts it in, in bed, and then looks at the foot of the bed. And right there at the foot of the bed, there are four, maybe five translucent, three and a half, four foot tall figures standing there with big heads, almond eyes, maybe a little bit of a mouth, uh, bipedal, skinny neck, arms. And she couldn't see like below the waist of them because the edge of the bed was hiding them. So they were they were standing like in a, in a very physical way. We don't think this was a hologram because they were vibrating at the same rate as the bed was since it was hiding them, if that makes any sense. Anyway, there they were. And um, she says she was shocked, not afraid because waves of love waves of love were just coming off of them and as she says how can you be afraid of love you know they're like polar opposites and but she couldn't say anything and then what they said to her telepathically in a sing-song voice was who are you who are you now we theorized that they had found me up in mount shasta with all the activity going on and because of my connection with her uh, probably followed my my thoughts, my energy signature back to the other end. Like, who, who's who, where is this guy sending all this energy every day? Let's follow it. We've got some time. And we kind of believe that that's how they found her there. So eventually she she thought I should say something to them. I should ask them something. And she said, where are you from telepathically? And today she claims that a better question would have been, how did you get here? <laughs> because she'd been a civil engineer and you know, an MBA at Harvard and all that, and had her left brain working. And, and as a scientist and a business person, it's like, how'd you get here? Can you teach me? But she didn't ask that. And again, in a sing-song fashion, telepathically, they said to her, Arcturus. And she says to me, Costa, is Arcturus a place? Now you have to understand, she had been a NASA geek when she was a kid with a scrapbook and all the moonshots, but didn't really know much about astronomy. And so when she said, is Arcturus a place? I said, yes, it's a, a hyper red giant in a constellation, I think is pronounced Butes. It's kind of like astronomy 101. Yeah, it's a star system. So it's a thing. Um, and then to my delight, she says, 
wow, they were here and then they just faded out after they told me that, just faded into the darkness. And she just went to sleep after that. Um, and then she says to me again, to my delight, um, now it's personal. You know, I can see what they have to do with my life. And next year I'm coming with you. So that was one story right there that neither of us expected. I just want to pose another perspective on what they said. Because okay. as, as you're talking, I'm having a chat with the mob. And she identified them as greys, which is really interesting because people are saying, oh, greys come from Zeta Reticuli. And some people say, oh, the greys come from the Pallades. And then now you're saying they said they were from Arcturus. So that, that looks like the greys are like all over the place, right? But when they said, who are you? I don't think that they were asking because they wanted to know. I think they were asking because they wanted her to have that question, who am I? Oh. I'll, you know what? I'll mention that to her. Yeah. It's another way to frame that. Right. Um, who are you? Um, who are you really? Because what you said to me was, she said, I'm not interested. I've got bills to pay. I've got stuff to do. You go off, darling, and have a lovely time. I'm just going to stay human and do my human thing. And now they're posing the question, who are you? Well, if, if, she, if it's framed that way and instead of answering it, actually she did answer it, I think, because when she said it is personal now, something in her changed right. where her, her identity, as like you said, as being the human who's got the bills to pay, who's leading this very left brain life. Right. Suddenly something shifted for her. Right. That's right. Yeah. And she's what she was telling me was, I am now going to become someone else. Right. I am interested in this now. That's who I am now. So the question was, right? Yeah. yeah. And you know what, on interviews, and I'll do it again. Now, I always thank those Arcturians yeah. uh, for having made that visit and, and for making it personal to her and for asking that question, who are you? So that uh, she could launch herself in the same way I did in, in right. this, in this uh, integrated experience that we've had for all these years. Yeah. So thanks for offering that. Yeah. It's a question we should all ask ourselves, like, who am I? And that's true. That's true. That's am I this personality body, you know, mind yeah. personality body complex, or am I much more than that? You know, maybe I'm a star seed and I'm from Arcturus and I'm here to perfect, you know, like there's a, there's a, there's a lot to that question. And then when I asked, why did they look like rays? And I got, I got something that Sh Sherry Wilde's guide Dar said. He said that this form, this particular form, is really easy to transverse the cosmos in. It's a very efficient form. And it's like a car. It's like a vehicle that the mm -hmm. light beings can drive in as a physical form throughout the cosmos. It's a very efficient form. And I went, okay, that's why there's greys everywhere. It's a very efficient sort of suit physical suit. Yeah, years okay. later um at a um at a small uh, conference um hollis and i met clifford stone the late clifford stone the very beloved beautiful man who um has been like an icon in in this movement and he um he gave a talk there and we got a chance to meet him just for a few minutes the only time we ever met him but he produced after we told this story yeah. he produced a painting that someone 
had given to him to bring to that conference, which he never used it. But he said, you know what? I think I had brought it for you, Hollis. And it was a picture painted by some artist that uh, gifted it to him. And it was the very person with better detail and a little bit more filled in than what she had seen. But she goes, that's who was there. And he said, oh, we call we call those. Now, now remember, for people who don't know, he used to be someone on the scene. Uh, His day job was, I think, as a clerk. But actually, he was uh, uh, the the first person uh, whenever there was a crash of Mm -hmm. a UFO Mm -hmm. uh, or maybe they were shot down or something. But he knew a lot about all the different races. He even had a manual, apparently, that could identify who he's looking at or dealing with. Mm-hmm. So when he said, I brought this painting for you, he says, we call these type two grays. Type two. And type two. And and that's all I know about it. I never had a chance okay. to, you know, uh, to talk more with him and say, well, what did you know? Or, uh, yeah. or who are they? Whatever. Well, but he's that, he's listening into this conversation, Costa, and he says, talk to me anytime. I'll tell you everything. I've, I've got much more access. You can talk to him anytime. Oh, he is you, saying that? Yeah, he, you and Hollis. Yeah, he's, he's available. He's left his body, but he hasn't left this world. He's still very involved in what you're doing and what's going on. But um, let's wow. continue this conversation. You, yeah, he's here. He's chatting away. Thank you. Uh, Let's continue the conversation. What were you, you know, your experiences? Okay, the one that really blew my mind and is the reason um, that we're having this conversation and and that the last 16 years of my life have been nothing like what I had planned in the first 16 years of my life in a very, very good way. Here's what happened. One of the nights after we, our group finished our sky watch and had, you know, our usual good experiences in the sky communication. Most people got in their cars and drove away from the secluded site at the foot of Mount Shasta where we had done our contact. Most people drove away and went back to the hotels, you know, to go to sleep and tomorrow's another day, right? But about nine other people, nine of us still stood around uh, in this clearing and we're talking about what we had seen. Um, and then someone tugs on my shoulder and points over to my right at the edge of the clearing where the, the trees started. And suddenly this sphere, I want to say about three feet in diameter, starts um, materializing out of thin air. And it's one of those things where you rub your eyes and you go, is this a trick of the moonlight? Because the moon was just rising. Um, what is it? But as I watched it, it became more and more solid. It was uh, floating a few inches off the ground. Uh, there was no noise. And again, it was a sphere. And to my eyes, it was opaque. It was like a gray, couldn't see into it. But there it was materializing. And for a second, I thought, I could walk over six feet away, seven feet away, I I go, I could touch this and just prove to myself, you know, being a human being, hey, are you real? I want to knock on the door or whatever. And then something, something, something told me, you know, don't do that. You don't know what kind of energy you're dealing with. And you don't want to be a guinea pig for everybody else. So anyway, I kept my distance. But for the next half hour, we watched it sitting there. One of the people in the group, after a couple minutes, suddenly announced to the rest of us, hey, I just got a telepathic message from the beings who are inside this. And by the way, we don't think this three-foot thing is the whole ship. That's maybe the only part that materialized that we could see. 
But what they told him was they are scientists and they're here on earth to, um, and they're researching and studying the, um, the human energy system. So that made sense to me as this person said that uh, if, if I'm to believe this and there it is in front of me, they're, they're doing a field study. So it's their PhD thesis. We're the lab rats, I guess, you know, trying to be funny about it, but uh, they're studying us. It's the same thing that we humans do when we go explore. Uh, so that was all very logical. Now, here's the really, really cool part. Uh, standing next to me was a woman I'll call Gloria, who had become a friend um, over the few days that our, our group was meeting. Very good psychic person and, and a wonderful person. And I looked to my right as we're standing around with this sphere there just floating and we're talking in hushed stones. And Gloria is standing there. And I'm, I don't know if I could show this, but uh, very stiff as a board with her arms out like this at right angles and not moving at all. I go, that's weird. You don't stand like this. You know, she wasn't saying anything. And I thought, okay, something's going on with her. Um, I'm not going to interrupt it, but I'm going to stay right here in case she shows any signs of distress. I'll be right here. And eventually she got a little wobbly and I steadied her on the shoulders and I said, Gloria, how many fingers? What's your name? Do you know where you are? Kind of thing. And she said, I'm okay. I'm just a little disoriented. And I asked her, well, okay, what happened? It's been like a half an hour. You've been standing there, you know? And she said that uh, one of the beings from inside that craft had approached her psychically, mentally, telepathically, and asked her, may I merge with you and study your system? So this was very consistent with what we were told, you know, that they were actually trying to do an experiment. And probably because she was a psychic person and, and very open, she was easy to approach. And so the being asked her, may I merge with you? And boy, to her credit, instead of running away with her hair on fire, you know, <laughs> to her car, which, you know, other people would have done, maybe myself included. Uh, instead, she negotiated with this scientist and said, uh, yeah, you may, but I have three conditions. Uh, the first condition is that um, I remain aware of my surroundings. I don't want to be unconscious and just not know anything. Uh, and the being said to her, I agree. Okay. Her second condition was when I say you leave, you disengage, you leave, you know, I'm like sovereign in my space. When I want you out, you leave. And the being agreed to that. And the third thing she said was no messing around with the sexual equipment. I don't want any probing in areas. And uh, the being agreed to that. And she was very firm about that. So during that half hour, unbeknownst to the rest of us, what was going on, because all this was mental with her, was this being had agreed to those conditions and they were running their experiments, whatever they were doing with their aura and her energy bodies and whatever. And finally, when she was a little bit wobbly was the point at which she said to this scientist, I'm done, go. And the scientist left. And just a little bit after that, the um, the sphere started dematerializing, faded into the background, just like in the movies, and it was gone. And that's her story. And that's my story, because this was not my wife's experience, even though I believed her. This was something I saw with my own eyes, heard with my own, my own ears. And it happened in a way that didn't freak me out. It was very gentle in the company of other people. Um, uh, nothing dramatic about it, no great noise, no drama, whatever. 
and then it was just gone. And I realized that uh, the all, all the physics that I had been taught in my left brain career uh, had just been violated. <laughs> what I just experienced the last half hour wasn't supposed to be possible. And yet, myself and nine other people saw it. So this is what thinking out of the box is like when your world gets blown open, you need to go, okay, I now can see this is possible. It's real. If it happened once, this must be happening all over the universe. Right. I don't know how they got here. I want more of this is what I said. Right. And I decided to organize people on the internet to have these kinds of experiences as well. Wow. Yeah. All the physics I'd learned been violated i love yeah. that <laughs> it's, a, it's a good thing i'm a little adaptable because if i uh my my level of understanding has just exploded it's been violated yeah um yeah exactly exactly wow they've got so much to teach us so i don't know if you mentioned this uh i might not have heard it but did they say where they were from this group that were no no nobody nobody asked nobody asked yeah right okay yes well that kind of goes into that conversation we're having about, you know, these these physical and energetic forms that we wear are so intricate and delicate and beautiful and just the human body is amazing. It's amazing. It truly you is. And, and this is something that woke me up spiritually when I was studying as a naturopath years ago, when I was learning the physiology of the human body, just like that scientist, like how does this thing work? I just kept thinking, who designed this? Like who yeah. created this? And so here I was sort of an agnostic that didn't sort of come at the God that religion had presented us. But yet I, I was asking this question, who, what, what intelligence? You know, and religion would say it was God. But, you know, God comes in many forms, like in, in infinite forms, in infinite forms and infinite levels of intelligence. So, yeah, who designed this? So I could imagine the scientists from another world would like, wow, how does this thing work? I could imagine they'd really want to know. Yeah, that's that's true. And in um in a larger sense, this is why in our community we want to establish relationships mm -hmm. with these these star nations, nations, uh civilizations, mm -hmm. what they could teach us, you right. know, not just in terms of science or in healing, yeah. uh technologies that would help us bring a golden age on earth, which is part of what I'm working for as well but also spiritually, because this really is uh, a journey to the self, to, to the, and, you know, I won't get into religion or anything, but to the largest thing that we can imagine, like the universe, what is really at the core? What, what is the creator? We are all one. This is what I think they have to teach us yeah. because they've been down or are still going down that road. So yeah, we can exchange technologies, but there's also the spiritual technology. Yeah. What, what can we learn from each other um, as we make our contact and bring the day someday, which will be full open contact uh, right here in 3d earth. And, and then some uh, that we're all working towards. The more I, quiz people over the years uh, about all sorts of um, ideas and levels of consciousness, the more I understand as we raise your level of awareness and consciousness, um, like ET forms that are at a higher level of in consciousness and intelligence and humans, they all have the same idea about the one infinite creator. You know, there's not, there's not different ideas about who God is like there is on earth. They all seem to tap into that one 
uh, understanding. Yeah, that that there is. Well, I love the phrase "we we are one." Mm. I mean, that basically is my religion, my spirituality. Yeah. As simple as it sounds, so much can flow out of that. Right. Uh, it, because if we're all one, and if I truly practice self-love, well, as I'm practicing self-love, this body here, if really everything is unfolded within me and we are all one, then basically by loving myself, I am loving all of creation, right. all of dimensions infinitely. And that is, I think, one of the greatest gifts anybody can give is it's to find that heart there and yeah. and, and bless the whole universe uh, with this instrument right here. I'm not sure if it's showing, but we all know where, where it is. So. <laughs> so for those listening on audio, he's pointing at his body. Yes. And, you know, I, it occurs to me that when they were asking about the physical human form, uh, I, w- I was wondering, because there are many ETs that have physical human forms, like, you know, the Palladians are depicted as these tall blonde dudes and, um, and other Venusians and stuff like that are usually taller than humans, usually taller, and they're depicted in, in, in artistry on, online as being buffed and very fit. I wonder if they allow other life forms to study their human system. I wonder. What do you think, Costa? I would think if they're, um, yeah, I would think so, yes. I mean, if I were them, I would not feel uh, uh, threatened by that. Um, in fact, I would be more concerned about the other life form in order to, to study who I am, uh, whatever it is they have to do to do that, as long as it's not a threat to them. You know, in other words, if I'm a, of a race that has a certain high vibration and a being that's at another vibration wants to study me, well, they have to kind of raise their own vibration to meet me where I am, or at least meet halfway. So in that process, uh, I don't see anything wrong with uh, with us getting to know each other. Yeah. In fact, early on, and um, when I when I started making my contacts with my star teachers, well, what they told me. The next question: Are you? Do yeah. you have contact with your own star family? Yeah. 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 yeah you do. I do. So, I so do. how did that? How did that happen? Well, mostly uh, through telepathy of my own, but uh, through the help of people like yourself, uh, my wife and other trusted friends who are better telepaths than I am and better channelers than I am. So they provide a means for me to have conversations when the the more limited ability that I have is not enough. Because if you're me, you always have a lot of questions about what's going on on earth. What about this? What about that? And, and uh, I'm not good enough yet to get the flow of all the information that I know must be there. And so people like yourself, like my wife and other friends, um, talking to you out there, Debs, you know who you are, and others, uh, provide that. And we have a great time getting to know each other, uh, the, the star visitors and ourselves. And what and what they said in 2010 was, um, uh, when I asked them, you know, I'm an organizer and I've had these great experiences that happened to me four years ago in 2006, what I was just describing now. I want to organize more people using the internet to do this, organize them once a month to get together and build a group field and, and a network. We may never physically meet, but 
over time, month after month, we can build this group feel that's of welcome and of invitation to, to our star friends. And so I asked my star friends then, is this of any use to you? I don't know what your bigger plans are as you approach humanity. Uh, and I have a day job. And, and if I'm going to take on another little project in the evenings, I'd like to know that it's going to be of, of help somewhere in your plans. And the response I got was absolutely. Yeah. And they asked something very simple. They asked, um, create as many ET contact teams as possible in as many places as possible, as quickly as possible, because that gives us human permission to appear in a lot more cities around the planet. And as we do that, more humans will see us, interact with us, and that will give us even more permission to appear in more places where even more humans will see us interact with us and give us more permission. And they call this a virtuous uh, circle. And it would, it would grow organically that way. And so that made sense to me, very logic, like logically uh, something that I could do. Um, and I asked them, well, what's the point? You know, we'll keep, we can keep growing like that. And they said, well, uh, someday there will be so many people around the planet who have seen us in such volume that a tipping point will be reached and after that tipping point, there will be no government, no institution of authority that can ever cover up our existence anymore. Right. And I said, that is amazing. I want to be part of that. And that's what I call the People's Disclosure Movement, which was born then, which is us doing the disclosure, not waiting for the government or a prime minister or a premier to make that announcement. Yeah. And taking our power back, making our own contact teaching someone else, forming our own groups and growing our own movement. And that's where we are now. We're more than a million people in more than a hundred countries. Amazing. And what they told me recently was 2019, two years ago is when we achieved that tipping point. Wow. We actually achieved it. It took us um, nine years from 2010 yeah. to 2019. And in fact, they said our CE5, our close encounters of the fifth kind movement now they gave me a picture, which is think of it as a snowball rolling downhill. It is unstoppable. Yeah. So in that way, we are the wave of the future. We own the future, the people's disclosure movement. The authorities who lied to us, covered it up. They may own the past, uh, the past 70 years that this cover up has been going on. But in 2019, that's changed. Now we own the future. We, the people in our millions and uh, we're getting it done. I love that, Costa. We own the future. The government owns the past, but the people own the future. That's a right powerful, on. makes me want to cry. That's a powerful message, you know, because I'm in Australia, as you know, and there's a lot of, God, there's a lot of stuff going on in Australia. And um, I don't see it, you know, people are like, poor Australians, pray for Australia, blah, blah, blah. But I, I kind of see it like, the Australian spirit is so resilient that as the control drama unfolds down here, I think the world is watching how Australians are dealing with it and seeing the courage and the resilient spirit of the people that is a message to the rest of the world. You know, don't, don't be um, controlled or deluded by who you have put in your powers of uh, what you think are your governing powers. Take back your power. Take back your power. We own the future. Like you say, we own the future. Oh, makes me want to cry. So one of the questions I jotted down this morning was um, 
what do you feel their message is to us in these turbulent times on earth the um et it's, model. Very, it's very clear it's to create the future that we want yeah uh, they're but, here out of concern for us and we can make a list of the 10 different ways we can destroy life as we know it on this planet, right. you know, environmentally, nuclear, whatever. Although I will say they have, they will not allow nuclear war to happen. Yeah. And that does not scare me uh, that because I know they have intervened, intervened before and they told us they'll do it again. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's not in the books. However, ecological catastrophe and other things. Uh, yeah. We, we could end stuff or, we can thrive. And so their message to us is to choose the thrive part. We are the creators. And as someone who you teach people to be deliberate creators, the, your message totally resonates with what our star friends are saying. And right. by the way, they, they, they've told us, and, and this kind of fits in with your question, do not think of them, do not think of us, they said, as gods. You know, that doesn't work for human beings. Yeah. To, to, to throw those labels. Instead, they said, think of us as family. We are elder brothers, sisters, and cousins. Right. And so in the same way you would ask an older, more experienced cousin or brother or sister for advice, when you hit a wall, you can't answer a question, you need, you need some kind of um, uh, help or therapy, whatever, you turn to them. And they said, turn to us in that way. We can be mentors and co-create with you. We won't solve your problems for you because that's your spiritual growth as humans, right. right? Human relations, right? Human relations are what you have to establish sharing, let love be your guide, but we're here hand in hand with you to do all of it. Um, as a matter of fact, in 2019, they also said that um, because of that tipping point where their uh, existence can't be covered up anymore, they also said the prime directive was removed. And that means that they are allowed now to, and the word is not interfere, but to assist us way more deeply than they were before. Okay, just that say that again. When was the prime collective? The prime directive, directive removed? was removed in 2019 for them. Mm -hmm. Up until then, in a very limited way, were they allowed to alter things in, in, our, in the course of our civilization? Um, if you're a Star Trek fan, then you know what that is. You know, you visit a planet as a superior a life form and you watch the locals down there just doing crazy stuff. Yeah. The prime directive is you don't interfere because don't it's interfere. their evolution. Yeah. Um, with the exception of nuclear war, uh -huh. um, they would not allow that to happen. But that prime directive now has has gone, which means... If and we still have to request because it's our free will as, as a human being in the human species. If we request their help, let's say cleaning up chemtrails or mm -hmm. cleaning up radiation, radiation, FEMA, mm -hmm. and on and on, mm -hmm. we they are allowed now to come a lot closer and work with us. It's not interference, it's co creation, assistance. it's yeah. assistance, co creation. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, you've just answered a question I had jotted down this morning. How do you feel that they're helping us? You just answered it. Okay. I'm going to pose this question to you. I've been contemplating whether I would or not publicly on camera, but I'm going to. So I was watching something on Stephen Greer was yucking about um, on, on Facebook, I think. And I popped in a bit of a comment. So he's, he's been talking about the um, false flag, 
you know, happening where the government's going to roll out the evil aliens and now we're, now we're not fighting a pandemic, now we're fighting the evil aliens. I don't know what he calls that, but he's made a whole documentary about it. And I'm thinking if you're an enlightened human being, you understand that what you focus on, you create, right? Where you put your attention, where attention goes, energy flows, if you're an enlightened human being. So I put a comment in and said, you know, you're a part of the creation of this thing because you keep talking about it. You've raised, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars to make a documentary about it. You keep yakking on about it. By, by, by disclosing it, you're creating it. So anyway, someone saw that question uh, I put in the comments and rang me, someone that I'd had on the show. And he had a he had an idea that Stephen Greer was, um, in his words, working for the dark side or something like that. And I'm like, I had never contemplated that because he's doing amazing work in disclosure. What are your thoughts on that, Costa? Um, it's a mixed bag. Um, I think that what he offered up with uh, CE5 in the beginning um, opened up a lot of people. Right. And that was the plan. Uh, so a lot of good has been done um, by that so that right. we take back our power, like I've been talking about, and do this disclosure ourselves. Uh, that part is good. But to your point and to your comment, um, I asked my star people, folks, my friends, my family, that very same thing. Really? And their response was what your response was. What you focus on, you create. And they said, pay no attention to the cosmic hoax thing. Basically, right. I mean, that sounds severe. It's like, oh, if we put our heads in the in the sand, then maybe we're just allowing them to do that, right? No, no, we let them stay in their little reality, but we supersede it with what we want to create. And there are enough of us now who, if we choose to create a world where that doesn't happen, but instead we move towards a golden age, uh, those who are in power that want to control us somehow get neutralized and lose their power. And in fact, we take our power and we create the civilization we want. That's at the edge that we stand at right now. And um, my star friend said, what you focus on, you create. Very simple. So I stopped focusing on the hoax. I, uh, I'm not saying that someone, someone back there in the back rooms had those plans. Of course, there are people who have done and are doing dastardly things. Yeah. That's yeah. part of being human. But we don't have to give them any power. Right. We're aware that they're there, but really where our power is now is to create the future, to, to feel it, to imagine what a world without uh, hunger is like, right. where wars are where wars cease, where there's ecological balance, where animals start becoming telepathic with us and we start new relationships where the the diseases that have torn us apart and killed mm -hmm. us get um, neutralized and where our, our cosmic families return. I mean, it can go on and on free energy. You know, there, there's no lack of positive things you can think about Absolutely. that you want to create in this world versus what we've seen. So that's what the people's love Alliance is about, by the way, my star friends said that there are a billion hearts that have achieved the awakening of the heart on the planet. Mm -hmm. and by that, they mean their heart has opened up just enough that they can start thinking of the other. It's not just service to self, mm -hmm. but you know the box is cracked open, the light is coming in, um, or it's flooding in because we're all at a lot of different levels. But they say that at least a billion out of the 
seven and a half, maybe close to 8 billion people on the planet now are ready and have awakened in the heart. So the, the People's Love Alliance is all about acknowledging that we've got that power because we're conscious co-creators. We're not just yeah. billiard balls just bouncing around on a table. We have intention and purpose and power and organization. And that's why um, Good News Every Day is a group that um, some friends and I created on Facebook, for example, which publishes posts of good things that people are doing. And, and I know there's many other groups doing this and we're getting to find each other yeah. because the mass media only reflects the fear, right. the cosmic hoax, the bad, the things that are going bad that we are aware of, but we're aware enough about them to say, I don't like that. We can do better. I'm going to do something to change it. And that's where I'm going to put my focus. Right. Is changing it. So the Good News Everyday group is where we find evidence that the People's Love Alliance, that all these hearts are opening. And you can read posts there of people bringing water to a village in the other side of the world or doing some campaign to, uh, to, to, to right a wrong or to bring equal rights to other people. I mean, it just spans. There's a lot of problems humans have and a lot of the solutions are out there and there are acts of kindness and compassion mm. that so many people are doing, but the media doesn't reflect that. And it's about time that yeah. we all start telling each other television, tell a vision, television, watching the television, which is just telling us fear, fire, earthquake, greed, hate, division, uh, yeah. haven't we had enough of that yeah where focus goes energy flows you know that's why i went on that's why i went on media 12 years ago uh, my guide said put your face up on youtube and i wasn't ready for that i was too like self-critical or shy or whatever or limiting idea i had about myself at the time so i went on radio a community radio to try and pump out some more empowered messages it was more and that's why i called the show accentuate the positive because that was sort of something that you know, the mainstream mind can sort of wrap its head around rather than conscious creating or something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, and yeah, and interestingly enough, over the years, now that I'm just podcasting, have done for like years, I thought about changing the name because I had come up with that name to sort of to a, to, to talk to a mainstream mind. But I thought, no, the name's perfect. It's still perfect. Accentuating the positive. It doesn't mean be positive. It says inside your drama, what can you find that and accentuate that's good about this you know what are you learning about yourself and it's it's a brilliant name it's a brilliant name but um i would not change it i'm glad you didn't change it <laughs> didn't I think change it, it i think but, it is perfect yeah uh, you know what i'm seeing costa it's a conversation i've been having for a long time that most people don't want to listen to but because of what we're going through in our world now and because of the dramas people are facing they're actually starting to starting to listen more what i'm seeing though is that especially in australia well, it's probably around the world lots of podcast shows and people rising up who are talking about the corruption like the, the corruption is being revealed and everyone wants to talk about it and it's again that same thing like they just repeatedly like look at the terrible police, you know, harming the people and look at the corruption of the politicians and look at how they're locking us down and look at how people are losing their jobs and people are committing suicide. And it's this conversation that's just being repeated and repeated and repeated and repeat. And they don't understand the power of their focus. So as we keep talking about that, we keep re, you know, Marina, I, I always give this to Marina. Marina Jacoby says we reprint it. <laughs> We reprint the net, you know, as we speak about something and feel it, we're just recreating it, reprinting it. And um, 
So this power of focus is a very important conversation to spread amongst uh, humanity. Think about it. It's one of the easiest things we can do because you don't need, the barrier to entry is very low. You don't need a lot of money, a lot of resources. All you have to do is sit down and change your thoughts. Right. You know, Um, and admittedly, if you've ever tried to meditate, even that can seem hard sometimes because your thoughts bounce around but but still it's easy if you take the time out of your day and uh, stay with your thoughts and start accentuating as you say the positive ones and build that a little bit every day day after day after day uh, you will become a force uh, for good um, a stream a river yeah exactly you'll become yeah we'll take back the future as you said we'll we'll we own the future yeah a force of power you know the song accentuate the positive was an old gospel song that they used to sing in church back in the 20s i think i didn't know that cool yeah and uh, um a telco in australia many years ago had taken it and jazzed it up it had become a bit of a jazz song and they used it on an ad on television and everyone was singing it you gotta accentuate the positive and people were singing it because of this ad on television and i thought Oh, that is so cool. Yeah. So it, it is a message that was sort of spread in church originally. Love it. Love it. And there's nothing like music, right, to um, to uh, really open people up and, and get them, you know, get an earworm, right? Yeah. We all get those earworms of songs. And yeah. it's nice when a nice, a good one like that, if it's got a repeat, I'd rather have one of those than than yeah. something of a, of a lower vibration instead of that song what about me it isn't fair you know there's a song oh, there you go yeah there's a lot of victim songs out there you can, there's you can a lot find. of victim songs out there so you're of greek descent right Costa, right the greek name right. and you probably had really black hair when you were young right totally and now yes. you've got this really white hair. I'm thinking about you. You've kind of gone from the black to the white. Yes, I, I have. I'm thinking you, and you wear your hair long. Yeah, I'm thinking, do you think that you've had like Palladian lives? You're sort of looking more like your ET self. You know, um, you know that did occur to me because people, people put that thought in my mind. I don't know the answer to that. Um, uh, all I can say is um, I'm, I'm 68. And I oh. never would have expected to have a full head of hair at wow sixty eight yeah I've never I've never done anything special I mean I've always tried to use natural shampoo all my life you know without a lot of additives and chemicals but aside from that um, never done anything special and to my delight and surprise I'm I'm able to do this and it's. I could still keep growing it long. When I was a young man, I did have hair down to here, but like you say, it was black. It was it was a style then too in the seventies. The, the 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 hippie. I had the headband and the tie dye shirt, the bell bottoms. You know, I was I was part of the young counterculture, right? Yeah. So as I approached my older age, and I noticed my hair wasn't going away, I go, I want to grow it long. I just want to see if I can do this, yeah. right? I'm not trying to prove anything or be someone I'm not, whatever. I just want to know, is this going to stop? And it's still here. So thank you. <laughs> I'll you know, take it. You're lucky to be a man and still have hair. Um, well, at any age, God, I know I know boys that are hair going bald in their 20s and 30s. Okay, before we go, the vision of the future. Have, uh, have your ET guides 
or other people's ET guides given you any vision of what the future can look like? Like, let's paint a picture of what the vision could look like for people listening so that they can focus on that instead of focusing on, you know, the now, which is actually a creation. What's happening now is a creation of the thinking of the past. And as we focus on a, focus on a vision of the future, we reprint that and restamp that and create that. What do you think it looks like, Costa? Well, they have taught me this, uh, things that I'm, I'm aspiring to. And it starts with the fact that we are one. Now, if you're really living in a state of consciousness where you, you are that, you cannot hate, you cannot divide, uh, you accept the, the multiplicity of forms of things you see, but you know that you're one with them. So what they tell me is there's a state of harmony and love and unity that that we need to strive towards and i think only in my highest moments maybe of listening to to elevating music can i even approach what it must be like to be in a permanent state of that kind of harmony but that's what they talk about you know and we're, we're so used to the wars and the divisions and they're not being enough for everybody the world that they hold out is one where all your needs are taken care of you're living in right human relations with with all forms of life, you know the the animal kingdom, the the angels, and all that. And we actually practice being one, and we have infinity in which to play. Imagine an infinite play box, and that's what excites me because when they say you are creators, they literally mean that you we have all of eternity or the eternal now to create in every dimension we can conceive of. And, and, and delight in, in what we create. And we, we do it out of harmony, not out of uh, desperation or need or, or any other reason. So yeah, it, it sounds like a real like a real cliche. But you know, how's what we got working for us is there's so many people who are not happy with what there is here. So we might as well visualize something that that works at the very basis of you start with human relationships, you know, imagine all of us getting along. I mean, right there, isn't that the toughest thing right now? Uh, there's divisions all over the world, human beings getting along not getting along causes other problems like wars, like famine, hunger, uh, beating down the other person so that you can be greater than and on and on. So this sense of separation where you're superior to someone else and separate from them, a lot of evil, and I call it that, comes from that. So I want to get to a future in a state where this sense of separation, you know, is gone. And we really do revel in our oneness. Uh, and I can't tell you what, really, I, I can't even imagine probably the gifts that will come out of that. Uh, but I sure would like to try, you know, to be in that state of mind and to be with others who you know, are doing the same thing. And that's why I say what we're working towards is a golden age on earth. Mm -hmm. It's not just about, well, let's see how many lights in the sky we can see. Let's count all the UFO experiences we're having. No, that the real reason at the, at the core of it is let's bring them here. Let's establish peace on earth. Let's co-create together and we'll go to the stars and reach other civilizations. So we have an incredible future ahead of us of exploration, of creativity, of harmony. And what's nice is we have those who've come before us, our star friends, who have trod this road, 
who are, are, are here to here to help. So we're not alone. Mm. Never have been. I've never been alone. Yeah, I think that the most important system that needs renovation on planet Earth is our consciousness first, number one priority. And once yeah. everyone raises their consciousness or renovates their consciousness, gets out of the hate and the fear and the divide and the judgment, then Earth will change very quickly. But that's the work that we're up for is renovating people's consciousness or raising people's consciousness. Somebody asked me in a session yesterday, day before, um, you know, when do you think the golden age on earth is going to land? Because there's a lot of talk out there that there's going to be some big explosion and then bang, we're all living in the fifth dimension as if it's going to happen in our lifetime. And the guide said, that's not going to happen in our lifetime. It, it is a, there is a lot of work to do to change human consciousness. A lot of work to do. Like there's a lot of work to do. So I can't see us all exploding into love and light in 10 years. Can you? No, I, I honestly can't. There was a time when I, I did imagine that. Uh, but as I've watched it and have, I've been told this is a process, yeah. And, and, it, and it begins in every moment. If you decide that every moment's going to be better than the last one, that you're going to keep improving. And if a lot of other people do that along with you, um, our, our multiplied, our syn synergized power is unbelievable. And we can have a lot of miraculous things happen. Yeah. Um, overnight, I don't believe that. I know people have been talking about an event. Yeah. And things like that. And I used to be there too, but. Um, Right now, I'm not. Uh, I think we're we're still slogging through 3D. Uh, but you know, we have a blueprint. It's it's called goodwill, right human relations, and love. And we have the the help of our star brothers, sisters, and cousins. Yeah. So it's all doable. Yeah. And the most important message that they said to my client when I say they, I said it, but they they speak through me all the time. They the mob was that if you're resisting the now. Because she had a very, um, like, I need to get out of this 3D. I'm totally over it. I'm to over it. I don't want to be here. I don't want to be in the fear and the control anymore. You know, when's the explosion going to happen and we're all living in 5D and in love and light? And they said, if you're resisting the now, then you're not going anywhere because that very act of resisting and hating what is keeps you in 3D. You know, you can live in 5D here in this third dimensional experience like you can be in 5d right now right now by just loving everything and seeing all of it is happening for us and not to us and seeing mm. through the matrix and through the veil into the orchestration the divine michael tomorrow one of my favorite spiritual teachers said the divine choreography the divine choreography that's happening in this world it's all happening uh for the raising of for the shift you know it's control dramas and distortion is being revealed um, and instead of focusing on how bad it is how can we focus love on it in order to transmute it but yeah we've got to love what is before we can go anywhere that's number one principle of law of attraction. you put that so well thank you yeah i don't think i could have put that any better Oh, darling one, it's been beautiful. You've got a lot to say and you've got a lot of things uh, going on. You send out many emails. Um, you sent the PDF about the vision of the future, which people can download and uh, lots of groups to join. So how do people join up to all what you've got going on? It's simple. The place to start is uh, etletstalk.com. Uh, membership is free. 
And that will allow me to send you monthly announcements about our global CE5 get-togethers, um, our free webinars, uh, the retreats that we hold in person in different parts of the US. Um, it'll bring you the community of other people. Uh, so many other things. So the place to start is just come to etletstalk.com. That's E-T-L-E-T-S-T-A-L-K.com. Uh, join for free and um, enjoy the ride after that. <laughs> thank you so much, Costa, for thank being you. on the show. It's been beautiful. Yeah, thank you. It's been a pleasure talking with you. Loved having that conversation with Costa. Costa is the real deal. <laughs> he really is. Uh, he really is. You know, a while ago, I reached out to Stephen Greer to have a chat with him for the show because I really loved what he was doing. And his people got back to me and said, no, we're too busy. We're not interested. So if you don't have millions of subscribers, they're not interested in talking to you, as I've sort of said on the last show I did, you know, if you, yeah. And uh, I kind of think that I would, yeah, I'm glad that that happened, actually, because I think Costa is um, much more heart-centered and, and community-minded and, and heart more highly evolved, much more oneness centered and he's the work that he's doing is amazing we just had a great chat the two of us just then talking about what our guides have been saying to us about the work that we're doing because even though we don't have the millions you know um on our mailing lists like the other people do uh, and the and the human ego goes why um both his guides and my guides have said to us separately that you know, even when you have one conversation with someone and then they repeat that to somebody else, like they showed me how my message and my shows have spread across the world. You know, you sort of inspire one person who inspires two, inspires three, who inspires, you know, and how this collective momentum and effect happens across the world. So you don't have to necessarily be standing on a stage talking to millions. You can have a handful of people that then inspire another handful who inspire more. Yeah, it's um, like that movie Pay It Forward, you know, that movie Pay It Forward, the concept in that. And, uh, yeah, yes, and Costa, yeah, he's doing amazing work, real deal. I was saying to him that I would like to this year or maybe next year get a roundtable together and get people that I've had on the show talking about this ET galactic um, connection to have a bit of a round table and we all talk about what's going on, how we can be more highly evolved and more connected to our star nation people and just get a bit of a round table happening on the internet and do it live so that you guys can, can interact with us and ask us questions. So I'll sort that out this year or next year, maybe a bit at the beginning of next year and invite some people to come on and do a live and have open this conversation up. And I think I might do that for uh, afterlife conversation as well. I was thinking about that yesterday, invite some of the people that I've had on the show that have had near-death experiences and talking to their dead loved ones and get a bit of a round table conversation happening. As many of the podcast shows are doing now, I've noticed, but it's, I, I did it with the book when I had the book Awakened by Death, when we published it a few years back, I got the author's, on uh and we had a bit of a group discussion yeah online all right guys i'm not going to say too much more i just loved that conversation with costa check out his work 
he does send out a lot of emails and for someone who's busy like me I just don't have time to read them all I keep thinking I've got to get back to Costa's email and then another one comes in oh there's another one I've got to read that one and I just don't get around to reading it because I've got things going on but I think what he's doing is amazing as many of the people I have on the show once they've got my email they put me on there their newsletter thing and they send me all this information that I totally don't have time to read but I really honor what everyone is doing in the world to uplift human consciousness and shift this world into a new experience on planet earth a new future there's a new world waiting if you can take it absolutely we've got to hone our focus and focus on what we want and not what is happening that we don't want so as I was looking through messages and stuff this morning before I got on the show with Costa. I was watching someone who has a podcast show, just like I was talking about, who's like talking about all the terrible things that's happening. Although it's attracting a lot of interest and a lot of people, it is just regurgitating the terrible things that's happening. Um, Talking about how uh, one of our premiers in Victoria is going to take the state of emergency measures into common law so that the power he he talks about him personally him dan andrews the one man has the power to mandate people and control people and lock people in and yeah and uh, so they're all up in arms about that but so we can focus on that and go oh isn't it terrible isn't it terrible or we can say right what does freedom look like to me maybe i start my own community maybe i move to the country with a group of people who think and feel like me. Maybe we start our own schools. Maybe we come together in community and put our minds together about what we want to create. Don't worry about the, what the politicians are doing. I loved what Costa said. The politicians own the past, but we own the future. I loved that. Just perfect. You own the future. You and your powers of focus and creation and attention You own the creation of the future. You have the power to create what you want, regardless of what your government is doing. You own the future. You and your mob, (laughs) you and your spiritual team. Yeah, you're not doing this alone. Yeah. So, yeah, get together in groups. If you want to join my group, I'm online every week. The Inner Sanctum, I call it the Inner Sanctum. I thought that was a cute name. And we talk about how we are the creators of our reality and and how to overcome our fearful and limiting thought forms and raise our vibration and consciousness. And then once we reach a level of feeling more love and understanding in our own being, how do we extend that out to community and to the world? I call them the new world teachers, the difference makers, you know, just sharing our stories and how we overcome, overcame adversity is powerful stuff, right? It's powerful stuff. Yeah, if you've been living in depression and then you've overcome it and now you now see yourself as a being of love and light, share that with people. Talk about that. How did you do that? Because there's a lot of people stuck in their story and stuck in their depression and in their anger and resentment and stuck. So it's up to you guys to share how you got unstuck and started feeling the love, the love, the love, the love, the love that is our source, the love that is you and me and all of us, even the tyrannical people in this world the cabal and the government and whoever you deem as evil or not good they are an extension of source energy as well we all are there's not one being that is not there's only one source of energy and it is a source of pure positive energy which we can allow or pinch off and as we pinch off our connection to that 
then we start to do things that doesn't benefit the whole. And that's what we have been living in on planet Earth for a long time. Selfish, fearful thinking. So even the people that think that they want to control the population are just living in fear. They're just indulging fear. They think they're powerful. But if you need to control people to feel powerful, then you're living in fear, right? Yeah. Love does not ask anyone to do anything specific. Love allows. Love allows. Just like the love that is our source allows us to create heaven or hell in our thinking and in this world. It allows us. It gives us that choice. It gives us freedom. Love is freedom and allowing. Love allows. Yeah. They're what we call good or bad energy, good and evil is actually one source of energy that is available for the evolution of human consciousness. It's all one energy with polarized opposite ends of the stick. Yeah, which which end are you going to focus on? What lights you up or what tears you down? And that's the power that you have to place your focus and attention on what you want and what lights you up instead of what you're afraid of. Keep flowing your energy towards what you want. Flow your energy towards what you want. Think about what you want. All right, I'm not going to talk much more. Thank you again for listening and watching. Love you all, big time. Uh, join our group, buy the book, yada, yada, yada. Sign up to the web. I haven't sent a newsletter out for like six months. I've got to send a newsletter out. I'm not good with the newsletters. But anyway, join anyway, and one day I'll send a newsletter out. And I love you big time. Bye for now. <laughs>